Welcome to Should I Just Quit My Job? It's me, Maricela Herrera. Thank you for being here today. I never know how much to go into stuff in these intros because when I listen to podcasts, I usually really like listening to the intros and listening to the hosts kind of just talk about what's going on with them, um, mostly because the podcasts I listen to, I just really like the hosts and that's why I listen to them. But I also don't know if it gets annoying. So I'm, I'm always on the fence of how long and how much and how much stuff I should get into in these, which is why I'm doing the mini-sodes, in which case you can, if you want to get an update about my life and my journey and what I'm going through right now as I still try to find <sighs> what's going on with me, you can listen to those. And if you don't, you don't have to. You can expect a mini-sode coming out next week. And it has to do a lot with my conversation with Patrice Tanaka last week. So expect some stuff around joy and purpose and bliss. But in the meantime, I want to talk to you about my guest and the conversation you're about to listen to today. So I'm really excited because... The conversations I have on this podcast can go one of a few different ways. One is it's a conversation of just career trajectory. So you did A, then B, then C, then D. Another one is more about a specific topic that someone has an expertise. So kind of like last week's conversation with Patrice around purpose and joy. Some other times it really is just about like that messy middle I keep referring to. So the in-between and we don't go as much into the career trajectory. This one is kind of one of those. So my guest today, Petra Vyashkovich, is in the throes of career transition now. Which was made this conversation so interesting because she's also one of my people. <laughs> she quit her job without a plan. And it was so good that we could very much relate about the things we were experiencing, the feelings and the thoughts that were going through our heads at this point in time. Granted, there's a few differences, Petra is a mom, so that was a big, 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 massive difference. Um, she also lives in Croatia. And her husband also quit his job. So it was a wonderful conversation that I understood pretty deeply, except for the mom stuff, which I haven't experienced and God, y'all, I have no idea how you do it. I'm always in awe of moms. And Petra also talks about motherhood and her experiences and what she's learned through it. Very honestly, I don't think I've ever heard someone say it so honestly, which I love. But some of the other things that we talk about, like feeling like you're not hireable, like 
what happens when you have a gap in your resume. All of these things, they were very real for me too. I am feeling them right now. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. I think this will resonate with a lot of the moms out there and people who are considering if they want children. Petra is really honest and I love that about her. Hope you enjoy the conversation and I'll talk to you later. Oh, one more thing. I had a massive cold when I recorded the interview. So apologies in advance for my voice. Anyway, see you next time. Bye. What are some things that you've been, that make you happy? Yeah, that's a question that um, I just now started answering myself, which is, you know, crazy since I'm in my 30s. I probably should have started asking myself that in my 20s, but I didn't. I'm in my 40s and I'm just starting. So do not worry. There are, are a couple of things that I kind of think about that that make me happy. I think talking and interacting to people of different backgrounds and experiences to connecting with somebody over coffee is probably the happiest part of my day if I do meet up with someone um, and just talk about our lives, our days, random stuff we've seen. Super simple, but I feel like in my very busy schedule that I've had over the last 10 years, it's not something that I valued before. And now that I, and even during COVID when that was like not happening and limiting, I think coming out of COVID and going into a new social setting, that's where I realized that's super valuable to me. And I feel like we all go through similar experiences in life circumstances that we feel are only individual to us and our situations and whatever we're going through. And you just feel so isolated in your problems or stresses or anxiety. But when you actually do start talking to people and you realize, oh, I'm not the only one that's going through this stress, not the only one that was crazy enough to quit my job and then not have anything lined up after and is like freaking out about it <laughs> nope <Yeah. laughs> there are many of so us so I feel like that human connection is just really really important and so you just mentioned quitting your job so what kind of stuff are you doing now I've been thinking about starting certain projects and I'm very intentional about using the word projects because I'm not trying to start a business yet because i don't even know oh, interesting. where I would start with that and whether or not that is something that I actually want to do or if that's just something that at this moment in time is of interest to me. So I am thinking about a topic that is at top of mind for me is uh, women's health and kind of what women experience throughout their lives and how it affects not just their careers, but just schooling, education, everything after parenthood or, you know, people deciding not to have kids, everything that women go through in different phases of their lives, I feel like is not really actively talked about. It's all kind of kept under 
the rug. Mm -hmm. We should be very uncomfortable about these topics. And so it's better to just kind of ignore them, even though it affects 50% of the population. So I feel like that's a big topic to discuss. I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, bring about that conversation and in what aspect and under what umbrellas, you know, if it's a podcast or is it a blog, is it an Instagram, which I don't even really know how to use. Like, it's just, you know, different ideas that I've been throwing about because I've been affected by the perils of motherhood and things people like um, just having gone through it with limited knowledge, limited real knowledge, let's put it that way. You know, my expectations were high and reality was not. What do you mean by that? Like, how did you come to this? Like, this is a topic I want to tackle. Because that's not your background. Your background is in recruiting and we're yeah. going to go into it. So I'm curious how you how you got there. You know, I had my my daughter basically during COVID. So my pregnancy was during COVID. It was very isolating. It wasn't a difficult pregnancy. I, everything was fine and I was very healthy. But I think because of the isolation, I just didn't get all of the realistic information that would have been helpful for me, not just through my pregnancy and um, labor, but even post-pregnancy. I felt like there were so many expectations of me that were put on to me as a mom that I'd heard from my mom, my grandmothers, you know, my mother's friends, some of my friends as well. Obviously, what you see online, you feel like right. this is something that I should be doing with ease. And it wasn't. It was difficult for me. I think it's difficult for most everyone that goes through this totally crazy life change. And so, yeah, having kind of implemented, I think, those expectations for myself and not having met them, <laughs> which I think is realistic for most uh, people in my position, I think that I started thinking about, you know, here are all these things that women go through throughout their lives. We don't talk about them honestly. We we hide them. We think it's embarrassing. You know, we're taught from early on that, you know, don't talk about your period. Don't even, you know, lest someone see that you're taking a tampon to the b bathroom like that's horrible don't let them see you do that like it's just like from an early age all of it is just like meant to be closed off we're not supposed to talk about it even though it affects our schooling our jobs um obviously later on promotions so on and so forth i just had this time to start thinking about this my daughter is two and a half years old and i just and it's probably because I had a daughter that I started thinking like, this is something that I have to think about for her as well. And this is going to affect her. And, you know, no one t talked to me about it so openly and honestly. I had to kind of mm -hmm. learn about it on the way. You know, why are we not talking about it? It's not embarrassing. 50% of us go through this. Like, what? <laughs> what's going on? Um, and so I feel like there needs to be some sort of discussion and recognition about it. So that's kind of where my thought process has been been going towards. 
that's interesting how like the change in your in your own life right like having your daughter and makes you think about potentially a whole different yeah area that you would have I don't know that you would have ever kind of gone to in your mind and that's how pretty much everything starts you find the problem because you're like facing it however your background and I want to go to go back a little is not in this area tell me a little bit about what you were doing before having your daughter so I went to NYU and then I stayed in New York after um, graduation to to start working there. And I had um, a really great opportunity to work at J.P. Morgan, um, and I loved it. So I started my recruiting career there. Everything that I learned professionally, I learned from what I call the J.P. Morgan boot camp. I feel like that's <laughs> where I learned everything I still to this day implement especially professionally after having been in New York for almost 10 years I you know decided that I didn't want to live in the hustle and bustle anymore I wanted a bit of a change so I told my boyfriend now husband I'm moving to Miami in the next six months you want to come or, or not? Like, do we want to make that happen? <laughs> he said, yes, let's do it. Why Miami? I really wanted to live abroad, but I always constantly had this. I'm a child of, of immigrants, and I always had this mm-hmm. kind of guilt, like, oh, my parents came to America. You know, they worked hard to to give me this great life and great school and really great experiences. Like I can't go back to where they're from, which is Croatia. And it was just such an, um, I don't want to use the word immature, but it was just maybe a naive decision to move to Miami because mm-hmm. I had visited a couple of times and I just loved like the more pronounced Latin culture and you know, the way that people lived there was so different than in New York. And I wanted to kind of feel a bit of that sense of being abroad, but I was still in America. So that was still okay based on kind of my family expectations. Right. So that was kind of the reason for moving to, to Miami for, to be completely um, transparent and honest, but I found a really great opportunity at me. Oh, okay. You found a job in McKin- at McKinsey, yeah. and that also kind of pointed to you there. I'm curious about the difference both in, like, the work style, like, here in Miami, but mostly I'm, dif- I'm, I'm interested because you were in two very special, specific industries, right? Like, you were at J.P. Morgan, which is very specific finance, like, banking and you were on the recruiting side and then you were at McKinsey consulting very specific and both of them very specific recruiting path. How was the difference between like one and the other? So I loved my experience at JP Morgan and I loved my experience at McKinsey. I was only at McKinsey for a year before I moved to um, a really big private equity company in Miami. So my experience at J.P. Morgan as well as the P.E. firm were very similar. Same personalities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would would 
same Track. deadlines, mm-hmm. same expectations. The differences between New York and Miami were that in New York, things were just automatically done faster. People responded to your fa- to you faster. There was a lot more of a sense of urgency and attention to detail. And m- moving to Miami and kind of not, it, it wasn't that people weren't as quick. It was just not expected of you to be sitting during your lunch hour and like rapid firing emails as well like you had like a good amount of time to finish eating um and you didn't have to eat at your desk which for me like the first week that I started working I was like we're not eating at our desk wow (laughs) the thing is is now that I look back I I do miss that like New York feel and that energy and I call it a high because I do feel that it is a bit of a high that you get just by being in that hustle and bustle. It does kind of break you down and really test you. But because you have that high just from it and being around other people that are in it, I think it it keeps you more motivated and you keep going. Whereas in Miami, you know, I was working in a very similar industry at the private equity firm with similar deadlines and expectations but I didn't have the same high that I got in in New York because everything else around me was just a bit slower. Yeah. And I think my burnout actually probably was something from New York that I think peaked while I was at in Miami. It's interesting because mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense if you have already been accumulating and accumulate like a pressure cooker, right? Like you have yeah. that and that just keeps going, then at some point it's going to need some sort of release. And and if you're in a lighter environment, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna take that time too. I feel yeah. like type A's and people who are used to working like you are in New York. You don't shake that off. I was just, again, yeah. talking to someone yesterday who I used to work with, and she's now in Texas and working for a company that's not based in the U.S. And she was like, they all, they're all telling me I do things too quickly. <laughs> I'm yes. like, that's a different, different mentality. Like, it doesn't mean you're going to change it, like how you work, your style of working. Yeah. I will. And I will say that I think it's more stressful because you just get more hyped mm-hmm. up and like, anxious about things like oh my god it's not getting done what can I do better and you just stress yourself out even more so it's just it's a different dichotomy how did that burnout percentage like did were you starting to feel feel like you needed a, a break yeah my burnout was interesting because it was around the end of 2019 20 early 2020 so it was right before covid And I was just, I felt a bit complacent in my job. I felt that there was a period of time where we were completely understaffed and I took on way more than I could handle, just was extremely stressed out. I wasn't communicating that to my boss. I just, you know, put up a front that everything is fine. We did hire more help, which was great. But I think when you are in this, like, weird I guess pre-burnout phase what I would how I would call it I feel like you know you're tired you know you have some sort of stress and anxiety but you don't know exactly 
where it's coming from and why. And it's hard to identify. And so I identified it obviously a couple of years later mm. <laughs> that it was burnout, but I felt I just felt like it was so difficult for me to get motivated. I felt like I was on autopilot 50% of the time mm -hmm. and I was doing really well and my reviews were great and everyone was happy with me. And, you know, you, you feel like this short term, again, high because, you know, your performance review was awesome and someone thanked you for the work you did and all this stuff. But, you know, when you leave, you're, all I wanted to do was go home and watch TV, which was like not characteristic of me. But at that time, I just was so tired for no reason. Like it wasn't like I was working the 12, 15 hour days that I had worked in New York before. I had a great work-life balance and a great like, you know, nine to five. Not really, but <laughs> somewhat in there. But um, I just was just tired of something and that something I think was this lack of fire this lack of what is it that will make me happy and like fulfill me it wasn't going to it's not going to be recruiting interesting so that's when it started when you started thinking of like I'm I'm maybe this isn't it for me yeah we my husband and I had this great plan in January of 2020. We were both going to quit our jobs in June of 2020 and travel for three months in Europe <laughs> and find jobs cool. out. And then in March, the world was like, no, we're going to shut down. So you can't do that. <laughs> How do you deal with that? Because it's, you had a, like a full on plan of like, we're leaving our jobs. Like we're making this U-turn in our lives. And do you both just continue working? Yeah, we just stayed in that, like, I think it's complacency. I think, I think. Well, fear. during COVID, I think it, it's, it was a lot of, there was a lot of fear and kind of need for security of some sort. Yeah. And I was in recruiting. So I, you know, for like three months every day, I was like, I'm going to get fired because no one is hiring and we're not hiring. So what's going to happen Am I going to lose my job? Like there was just a lot of fear around that. Obviously, it wasn't a time for to think about, oh, what do I do next? It was like, stay put, let's ride this wave out. But I think that led to a couple of other decisions that happened. Obviously, I, I had a, a baby during COVID, which I think probably must have been some sort of like just next step in my life that just happened because I thought I needed you know a new fire or a new mm -hmm. challenge I didn't really think that through if I'm gonna be honest and and this is what I was referring to before you know people will be like oh, obviously you get married or you live with someone and then for a couple of years and then you have a child and then you you just like keep going through life that way. And no one's like, by the way, when you have a kid, your life turns upside down. And also, you know, COVID turned everyone's lives upside down. But I think it was just like, oh yeah, we've been married for, you know, five years. Like it's time, why not? 
I wish people were a bit more honest, had been a bit more honest about like, listen, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of sacrifice. It can break you down. It'll build you back up somehow, but it will break you down. And these are just like types of conversations I wish I just had more of and some of that honesty. Um, I think we just went a bit off of my... No, but that's very that's very <laughs> interesting to me because I think about this a lot. Like, I don't... I think about it sometimes. I'm, like, considering, do I want to have a kid on my own? And I don't know what I don't know. Like, you know, like, you, you don't know what you don't know when you're making such a massive life decision. So... Yeah. Thank you for being honest about that. Yeah, I I am trying to be very open about this stuff because I feel like there's just a need for that. I'm not trying to, you know, scare or frighten anyone that wants to have kids or doesn't want to have kids or whatever their choice is. I think there are just very realistic scenarios that come about when you do have this huge life change that we as a society haven't really spoken about too honestly and so yeah. I think this is why my interest in women's topics has come about because I feel like we're lacking honesty especially with these Instagram stories that like show perfect. these like amazing perfect people and I'm like that's not like that's not that's no one's life like I don't know who believes this but <laughs> yeah I think there's a there's been a little bit of a shift to more honesty but I don't necessarily think that there's enough authenticity in yeah there's a lot of downplaying stuff that I don't and, and in everything like that's the yeah. same reason with the job thing I'm like everyone's like but it'll, it'll be fine and yeah it'll be fine but doesn't mean it doesn't suck <laughs> exactly I feel like people are like oh you quit your job you have so much time to live your best <laughs> life no you don't <laughs> and you spend 50% of the day being like am I going to be hired ever again um what did I just do to my resume like that was me mm -hmm. for like the first year funny because because coming from like the finance world like whenever there was a gap in a resume all my hiring managers were like that is terrible they were probably bad employees we I don't know if we should consider them so I mean that's an exaggeration but there you know I heard some of these comments I mean six months after not having a job I was like freaking out and I thought I'm going to be one of those people that no one's ever going to look at my resume ever again and we had moved to Europe so like another life change happened within like a 10 month period so just to clarify you had your baby and then during COVID and you moved you, did you move during COVID you moved right after COVID um yeah in 2022 and you at this point had like had stopped working did you stop working for the move or before that i got pregnant during covid um stayed put at my job they were very supportive really great i did my four months of maternity leave which was really nice of them to give me that 
And then I kept working after I went back to work when my daughter was four months old. And then I worked for uh, six more months. And we then decided we were going to move to Europe. And I quit in June and we moved in July. So uh, my daughter was 10 months old. And so many changes. Yeah. <laughs> in hindsight, probably not great, but I'm very thankful that it, you know, when it rains, it pours. I feel like. Yeah. Sometimes it's actually better to just do it all at once. Sometimes life happens that way. So. Yeah, so we moved, we we spent some time in Croatia, which is where my parents are from. We traveled a bit. You know, I was very like, I'm going to take six months off. I'm going to travel, going to enjoy my time with my family. And we had tickets that were booked to go back to Miami, actually. And we never got on that flight. We just ended up staying in Europe. That was a uh, uh, last year, and I spent like another six months, like really intensively involved with my daughter, and I spoke to many people across different organizations in Europe, and I was like, my resume is no longer valid. I haven't worked in six months, and they said, "How old is your daughter?" And I was like oh, you know, she's a one and a half. And they were like, excuse me, um, you know, did you know that European maternity leave is like between nine and 15 months, like depending on the country that you're in? And I was like, okay, it makes me feel so much better. A whole different like repositioning of what you were thinking, really. Yeah, yeah. After speaking to a couple of people and kind of them reinforcing like you just had a child and she is small you do not need to go back to work you have a full-time job already motherhood is the hardest job i've ever done hands down it's, it's a never-ending and very thankless so i really commend stay-at-home moms like really really um, I look up to them. It's really difficult. But um, yeah, I just I felt probably because of all these expectations I had in my head that I should go back to work and I need to get back to things. Otherwise, I'm going to fall off the grid and no one's going to hire me again. Just hearing from other people. No, you're OK. Everything will be fine. You know, you'll find something else. Or you'll think of something else. So I started interviewing for jobs six months ago and I got so many rejections and so many ego bursts that that was just tough to, to handle as well. Yeah, I want to ask you about that because I just started kind of doing that. Um, still haven't started interviewing, but started like actually more seriously thinking about jobs. Um but I'm so curious, like, how did you make the decision not to get on the flight back? We moved to be closer to family. We, my, my husband is originally from Serbia, so we, which is neighboring to Croatia. So we're, you know, we're close to family in both countries. 
Um, my husband also quit his job, so we are very much aware of the crazy risks that we have taken. But my dad said something during COVID that kind of stuck with me and he was like if you never have a fire under your ass you are never going to do something and I think when you're probably burnt out you just have ash under you and you just like there's no way that you can even have a fire under you so I think the way that I think about it is yes we've taken so many risks but like that fire has got to like it has to work. Like, it has to ignite something. When you have no other option at some point, like, something's got to work. Yes. And even though it's hard to be in that, like, what am I doing with my life? At some point, that fire is going to, like, light up under you and you're just going to have to, like, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of people who are, co like, contractors. There is no other option. Like... It has to work out because it's going to work out because it has to work out. <laughs> it just, you yeah, have that exactly. drive in a different way. Exactly. So how has the recruiting been? Last year, I was getting a lot of pressure from people around me. Well, what I internalized it as pressure. I don't know if it was direct pressure, but people asking, oh, so you're still unemployed. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like... Well, I guess I have to find something because, you know, I have to answer these questions in a way that doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. And I think about this all the time because right. I think it's they're just so uncomfortable that you are not working because they can't put you into a like a box. Oh, they're a doctor and lawyer and banker right. and whatever. You're just unemployed. So like. I think it just makes other people uncomfortable. And then for me, that makes me very uncomfortable. And so yeah. I was like, oh my God, I have to find a job like tomorrow. So I like went on an application spree and like applied to things that I don't even think I would even enjoy doing. Um, and I had interviews and final interviews and I just kept getting turned down. And I was just like, oh my God. Every, my expectation of you are no longer hireable is right. I haven't worked in a whole year. No one wants to hire me. Um, so that like ego pop was really difficult to swallow for a good like three or four months. That's one of my biggest fears. I think that's why I haven't moved on actually. Like, I started applying to stuff, but I haven't moved on it because I feel like I'm going to have that same reaction. Yeah, it's really, especially if, like, for you, you had such a high position and well-regarded and, like, so many people know you. And when you, you know, you can be as humble and down to earth, but there is, I think, something always in your head that's like, you know, I kick ass. And... It's also that, like, did I peak? Like, yeah. is that as far as I got? Like, thankfully, it wasn't in high school, but still. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Rejection is hard, especially if it's based on 
what you worked so hard on for yourself. So that was, that's been difficult for me. Um, but I feel that there's a reason for everything. And so maybe not getting those positions means I do need to focus on this other topic that I'm really interested in exploring. Yeah, I think there's definitely a reason for everything. And I also think that if your heart isn't in it, like if you're applying to to stuff that you said you weren't even necessarily very interested in, I think that's a great tactic for practicing. But I, I like practicing interviewing and all that stuff. But it also, you, you can tell, I think, when someone's not really into into something. So how have you, with the move and call it your maternity leave because it's around the same time that you would have had one yes it's great like you said at the beginning you're you're very grateful to spend all this time with your daughter too so I think it it has to be such a different like chip switch within your mentality of what you're doing yeah I like I said it's the hardest job I've ever Mm -hmm. had it doesn't stop you no one thanks you for it. I, my daughter's two and a half, so the temper tantrums just get worse, and you're like, you know, yelled at by a toddler for yeah. like an hour a day. Like my ego, I think, just continued to get bruised. There is no performance review on motherhood, so like I wasn't getting like a good job. You're doing well. It was like, okay, let's survive the next day. Let's survive today. Let's you know, let's keep going. It was just like survival mode and no one gave me like, um, you know, a performance bonus for a job that I did and no one gave me any feedback because like no one knows what they're doing with parenting <laughs> most of the time. Last year, it really just like motherhood, moving countries, figuring out what to do next, getting declined by all these positions was really difficult for me to like handle even though I was trying very hard to you know make new connections and reach out to people and maintain some sort of normalcy but it it's hard when you have a kid because you just don't have like Mm -hmm. the freedom for that to schedule certain things you have to be conscious of when when you can do that so my brain professionally you know mom brain I think is very real but I think it's mainly because you're thinking about a hundred different things that are not really intellectual Mm -hmm. it's more like survival it's basics it's food drink laundry and after a while when no one is like thank you so much for washing the laundry or thank you so much for thinking about what I'm going to eat four times today you just kind of are like in zombie mode I feel like and that complacency is pretty killer but I think that people who are in jobs where they probably feel that too where they're not thanked where they're not um, acknowledged by their peers or their bosses I mean, I think it's a similar feeling. Like, what am I doing all this work for if no one is going to 
say anything. <laughs> wow, that is, oof, yes. Like you're not getting any external validation. Yeah. And and it's true, like we've all been in a work environment where that has happened. So I can't imagine, like if I know how that feels, can't imagine how it feels where it's like, oh, it's not even like this other human who is uh you're working for who has no relation to you <laughs> yeah exactly you can probably ignore like a couple of emails or calls <laughs> right like... oh boy yeah i never thought about that thank you for 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 talking about it honestly yeah i think there's such like a um i don't know if stigma is the right word like oh you're just a stay-at-home mom like that's great you must have so much time for yourself and for your kids and you know whatever I might have believed that when I was in my 20s I don't ever believe that I don't I really really feel that stay-at-home moms are like the best people ever um, there's just so much that they do and no one ever is like, thank you so much that you did my laundry and folded it for me. I really appreciate that. Or thank you so much for driving me to soccer or wherever, you know, whatever they're doing, there's like a very tight schedule. They don't, and they, someone told me this, I can't remember, but they were like, sometimes when you have kids, the best thing is just to have a job. You put on your makeup, you get dressed up, and you just walk out the house, and you're going somewhere to speak with adults like that. What great self-care. And sometimes that's true. Um, you know, it obviously depends on the person. There's but no yeah, there's no one size fits all, but it is true. Like I've had friends that I talk to when they're with their kids and they're like, you're the first adult I've talked to in a long time. And this is like, I needed to not talk, you know, about the truck and whatever it is. Like you also want that yeah. separation, right? Like that you time, whether it be going to work and or whether it be going for a run or whether it be yeah. whatever else like you just need that room for you exactly exactly so burnout I kind of want to circle back to that how do you feel now after taking like a pause <laughs> like a pause because you're doing all the other like mom stuff do you feel like you at least got to a, you know, level of like, I refilled my tank in some way? So now, yes, but only that only came up recently, like in the last oh, interesting. three months. So I had my baby, did maternity leave, worked for six more months. When she was 10 months, I quit my job and I was like, oh, in two months, I'm going to be fresh again. Like... <laughs> everything will be fine um baby or no baby I feel like two months three months is definitely not a lot I feel like we all dream of watching all the shows and movies that we want to watch and we feel like that's going to refill our tank and then we're going to be like ready to go and work again and I don't think that that is a realistic expectation either it took me um 
just a little over a year to feel like my tank was filling up again. And so now it's been a bit, I feel a bit more refreshed and back to some sort of normalcy. And I put my daughter in daycare, which obviously helped with that because I wasn't with her 24-7 and decided to spend some time with myself and for myself, which I hadn't been doing um, out of guilt. And I think people, women especially, don't do that out of guilt and expectation. But when you, when I finally came to that realization of I have to, Otherwise, people around me are not going to be in a good place, and neither am I. Then I allowed myself to start taking care of myself, but it took a very long time. That's so interesting because it it wasn't about time. Like, it took a long time, but it really wasn't about time. It was about you also making the time for a year. Yeah. Like, cause, cause I think about this too. Like I, I keep saying I haven't worked for six months and very much trying to reframe that and focus on like, actually I've been doing a lot of stuff. So it's not that I didn't work. I yeah. just haven't been paid. Um, but <laughs> it's, but it doesn't matter if it's been six months or 10 months or three months or whatever it is. Like the first couple of months, like I said, the first few weeks, I just, all I did was sit and cry. And like, that's the only thing I could do. Like there was nothing else in me that that. And then I started kind of doing like a little bit more focusing on like, let's go home, like let's take a break. But then I jumped into doing shit and sitting (laughs) like, yeah, you don't, you need to put like some sort of boundary on yourself we can go and do like really stupid shit (laughs) trying to feel better but it doesn't necessarily matter like you have to actually just acknowledge and take take three steps back sometimes I love that you admitted that you just cried because I feel like people don't say that oh yeah even though we all just need to get it out (laughs) yeah like it's it's the pressure cooker Again, like it's the same, it gets somehow it's going to burst and whether it be you're going to get sick or you're going to get depressed, which sick again, same thing. Yeah. Or you're, I don't know, you're going to break down and yell at someone or for me, it was, I just, I could, I couldn't, I just like was sitting there and crying, (laughs) watching TV and crying. Yeah. But that's so healthy. Whereas I think people why are you crying? How amazing. You're so lucky that you could quit your job. And I am very grateful that I had the financial stability to do that. And I'm aware other people might not, and and that can be extremely frustrating. But yeah, I mean, there are different circumstances. I think we should all be like understanding of, of the mental health piece in that as well. Yeah, I think it's certainly a privilege to be able to do this massively. And it's hard. <laughs> like yeah. both are true. Yeah. So what would you go and tell yourself like when you were kind of in Miami and like that, you know, I'm I'm not feeling fulfilled, but I'm also not doing anything about it because it's kind of what it is what it is. 
what would you go and 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 tell yourself? I'm always curious because I would tell myself so much shit. Like if I could go back, <laughs> I know I think about that too. I feel like I should have listened to my gut more and kind of plugged out some guilt that I had for being you know having the opportunity to grow up in the U.S. and work at these great companies and you know don't throw that away and keep chugging along like you have to make it and I feel like there are different ways of thinking about how you quote unquote make it in life Mm -hmm. and so I had these like gut instincts and these voices from even in New York I'm glad I didn't you know quit my job when I was 25 but yes there's a reason it just kept going but um I think that as you get older you have more gut instinct you probably shove a lot more of that in and you don't listen to it but I think we should listen to more of it like there's a reason we feel certain things I think yeah yep, yep. I think I think we know more than we give ourselves credit yeah and I don't mean to sound like a fortune teller but I think that there are like ways that things happen to us that are just unexplainable and maybe that goes along with that whole like what is it I think it's like preparation and opportunity equals love Mm -hmm. Uh something like that you know something comes out out of something else always and you have to kind of be open to it yeah being open is very hard I think especially when you're younger and you think you have a very specific like it's like you have blinders on when you first go into the world and like this is my plan and this is the road I'm gonna go through when I think about that like when I god when I graduated college like I was like I'm a finance person this is all I'm gonna do and this is what I'm gonna like this is so wrong was so wrong (laughs) but 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 if I hadn't at some point been open to opportunities I you know who knows what would have happened but it I do think, and I and I love that you said. It. I don't want to sound like a fortune teller because I'm very woo woo in that sense. I'm like the universe, like knows what it does, <laughs> and and I do think so. I do think that things happen for a reason. I I think so too. I spent so much time trying to plan things and like make sure it's working, and then you realize you're just like shoving a square peg into a round hole. Mm-hmm. And then I said you know what, I'm going to let the universe kind of let things happen for me. Like, I'm sure some door is going to open somewhere. I'm not going to sit and wait for it. Right. I'm going to do things, but I'm not going to force it. And I I think I'm, that might be something that I might have wanted to tell myself before as well. Like, don't force it too much. Yeah. Things will happen. Yeah. I also want to circle back because you just you mentioned when I asked you that you would take away a lot of that guilt of moving back to, you know, where your parents came from, basically, and like that first generation sentiment. And how is it having gone back now? Like, 
do you feel like, oh, I should have done this early, like sooner? Or do you still have that feeling? Or do you now feel like, you know what, this is that was it, this was the right, right decision? For me, it's definitely the right decision. For my mental sanity, I should have probably done it sooner. Professionally, it probably was better that I had accumulated all of this amazing experiences, yep. these boot camps that I went through, <laughs> figuratively speaking, in that sense, better. But yeah, I, sh I should have probably done it sooner. I'm sure some other things might have opened up, but it's never too late, I guess. I think had I, if I were still in Miami and I hadn't ever done it, I would probably be kicking myself and asking, you know, what if, what if, yeah. and I think that's probably the worst thing that you could do to your mental health is like, want to do something, not do it. And then constantly think about what if I had done it, what would have happened? I feel like you should just sometimes do it and see what happens, yeah. even if you fail. That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for chatting with me. This is like yeah. very helpful. I always thought that we, me and my husband were the crazy ones for quitting like mid-career like it was you know career suicide or something it's but funny we did the stories we tell ourselves <laughs> yeah and there's a lot of us out there it's it's weird um the more I talk to people the more I like realize how many people go through something like this and sometimes it's what you need you never know yeah, yeah. And just having that like community around is really helpful as well. Thank you for listening to Shit, I Just Quit My Job. I hope you found this conversation useful and inspiring and maybe got a laugh or some ideas out of it. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It means the world to me. Please share with your friends.